Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. As you know, we're now into the end of the first week of the trial. We're getting close to the end of the first week. Tomorrow is the last day, of course. The 33-year-old man accused of murdering Ashling Murphy. It's been continuing this week before the Central Criminal Court. Yosef Puska uh, from Lanali Grove, Mukla Offley, has pleaded not guilty to the schoolteacher's murder after she died along the Grand Canal in uh, Capincure, Tullamore, County Offaly, on January the 12th, 2022. Now, reporter Andrew Louth has been following the proceedings at the Central Criminal Court this week. And earlier on, he spoke to my producer, Jane, just to catch up with not only today, but yesterday as well, and what actually happened. Just to warn you, by the way, the uh, contents and details may, some listeners may find distressing. So I am giving you a little bit of a warning on that one. Hi, Andrew. We last spoke on Tuesday. I know a lot happened yesterday. We heard from eight witnesses, I think. Obviously, we can't go into all of that right now, but I would like to hear about one witness in particular, if that's okay. So Miss Jenna Stack. Of course. So Miss um, Jenna Stack was the first civilian witness to be called by the prosecution. Now, she told the jury that she had arranged to meet her friend, Eva Marin, who we also heard from later on uh, yesterday, to go for a run on the 12th of January last year. And she left work at around 10 to 3 that afternoon. She said they had planned to do a seven kilometre run. So that was three and a half kilometres along the Grand Canal in Tullamore and County Offaly and three and a half kilometres back then towards their cars. And while they were on their run, a bike which had a luminous green handlebars had caught Miss Stack's eye. And she described it as being pushed down into the hedgerow along the banks, which she thought was odd. And she said that she had wondered what it was doing there and that she and Aoife Marin continued their run, but they didn't get too far before they were caught by the sound of rustling. Now, Miss Stack told a jury of nine men and three women that uh, her friend told her that she thought there was someone there. She took a closer look and could see the back of what was described as a navy padded bomber jacket. And Miss Stack said that she shouted at the man who was crouched down, are you okay? And then asked, what what are you doing? She said that the man turned around and that his teeth were kind of grinding. And then he said, get away. And Miss Stack said that she could see a girl underneath the man um, describing him as leaning over her, covering her body and holding her down. She said um, that she couldn't see his hands. Now, she said that she could see the girl's legs and that she was wearing tracksuit bottoms and bright coloured runners. And Miss Stack said that the girl was kicking so hard and describing her as strong and was doing scissors kicks and raising her legs really high. Now, it was at this point that Miss Stack said, get off her. And the man made a sudden move Mm -hmm. as if to frighten her and her friend, it was alleged. So Miss Stack said that she and her friend ran away as fast as they could to try and get help. Now, Defence Barrister Michael Bowman put it to Miss Stack that Joseph Busco was trying to assist Miss Murphy. And Miss Stack replied that that wasn't her impression and later added that the man could have asked us for help. Mr. Bowen also put it to Jenna that Mr. Puska could not 
make out what she was saying and he did not intend to be aggressive and that what Miss Stack heard was Mr Pushka calling out in pain after his leg got caught in briars that were down along this hedge road area along the Grand Canal. And Mr Bowman said then that he had been instructed by his client that Miss Murphy was holding Mr Pushka's forearms because he was trying to stop the bleeding in her neck. And Mr. Bowman asked um, Jenna Stack if she could see that, and she said no, and then specifically said that she knew that there was something wrong. Um, she said that she could tell by the girl and that um, she alleged that the man was holding her down, leaning over her. And she specifically said that she saw enough to know that she was kicking her legs in a completely distressed state. And... Um, adding that uh, Miss Sack describing herself as feeling terrified. Mm-hmm. And we know that the, those two witnesses essentially went on to get help. And that was what we heard from yesterday. Moving on to today, I know that we heard from Gardy who first arrived at the scene. So can you tell us about that? Yeah, so Garda Tom Dunn was the officer from Tullamore Garda Station who took the, um, an emergency call on the 12th of January 2022 at around half three or 25 to four that afternoon. And he and his colleague, Garda Shane Hunter, both went to the scene where they saw two cyclists who pointed them in the direction where there was a body of a woman. Now, Garda Dunn said that they both alternated. That's him and uh, Garda Shane Hunter. They both alternated applying chest compression to the body as they had earlier thought that they there might have been a faint pulse. Mm-hmm. Now, the jury were also told that there was a phone in her jacket pocket, as well as a say of car key and a necklace around her neck with the word Ashling on it. And he saw sunglasses on the slope down towards where she had been. So later, Detective Sergeant David Scahill gave evidence that Garda Tom Dunn was kneeling down in the hedge and Garda Shane Hunter was also halfway down and they could and he could see that they were talking. He could see Tom Dunn doing CPR. He said he could see a female down there and um, it was uh, Detective Sergeant Scahill who asked if there was a pulse and in response uh, he said uh, Garda Tom Dunn said he wasn't sure but he thought that there might be a faint one and um, so they, uh, Garda Tom Dunn and Garda Shane Hunter were alternating applying chest compressions for about 10 minutes mm-hmm. until paramedics arrived and when they, they arrived the decision was made to bring the body up onto the footpath and uh, Detective Sergeant David Scow said that they assisted in helping bringing Ashling up to the footpath and he then told the jury that when they were bringing her out of a ditch and this is where some of uh, the evidence could be potentially quite uh, distressing to some of your listeners mm-hmm. uh, he said there was an awful lot of blood he said that her hair was very matted with blood and he described her mouth as being wide, wide open. And uh, Detective Sergeant Scow said uh, that stuck with him. Mm-hmm. And then this afternoon, we, we heard details um, of Ashling's post-mortem examination. That's right. So state pathologist Dr. Sally Ann Collins conducted a post-mortem of Ashing Murphy at Midlands Regional Hospital in Tullamore on the 13th of January 2022. 
So uh, she said that it was her conclusion that Miss Murphy died as a result of stab wounds to the neck with no contributory factors. Dr. Collis said she found at least 12 sharp wound injuries, 11 of them stab wounds as outlined earlier. And uh, she said that these were caused by a knife or a similar implement. So it, she also said that it wasn't possible to completely exclude uh, potential compression to the neck. Mm-hmm. Uh, she said she's always concerned about pressure when it comes to neck injuries, but um, she did continue to say that it wasn't possible to say that there was also pressure on the neck due to the bleeding. Now, she also told the court that there were some injuries to Miss Murphy's fingers, and she said that they may have been defensive in nature, as Miss Murphy may have held up her hands to try and protect herself. And when she was asked by Prosecutor Anne-Marie Lawler as Miss Murphy would have been able to speak. Dr. Collis said she did not think she would have been able to speak or at least make intelligible sounds. Okay, and so that's kind of where we ended today, was it? Yes, that's where we ended today. So um, we are due back uh, tomorrow morning. Uh, the extent of the evidence that we are due to hear tomorrow isn't clear. So, but uh, just to kind of refer back to um, what uh the prosecuting barrister Anne-Marie Lawler said in her opening statement, she said that the jury of nine men and three women can be, ex- uh, can be expected to hear the evidence of two women who, it's alleged, jo- uh, Joseph Pushka was cycling in close proximity of mm-hmm. on the day that Ashling Murphy died. And uh, she also said that uh, the jury can be expected to hear from a number of other Garda witnesses in relation to events that took place after uh, the death of Ashley Murphy. Now, that's not to say, that's not me saying this is what's going to take place mm-hmm. tomorrow, but it's just um, that was what uh, the defence uh, or the uh, prosecution barrister, Armory Lawler, outlined to the jury in her opening statement on Tuesday. Okay. And then just finally, um, I know that Miss Murphy's parents, Raymond and Kathleen, her sister Amy and her brother Carl, were again in attendance. Was the courtroom packed? It was. It was a busy courtroom, as he said. Um, Ashling's parents, her brother and her sister were all in attendance. And there was also, uh, so, there was also some of jo- uh, Joseph Bushka's family members in attendance as well. OK, so we'll talk to you again on Tuesday. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks, Jane. There you go. There's Andrew Loud, the court reporter, talking to our producer, uh, Jane, earlier on today, just giving you an update on the trial uh, and of the killing of Ashling Murphy. And again, just to mention, Joseph Puska is the man who's accused of her murder but pleaded not guilty. Um, anyway, we will be following that. We will give you a, a bi-weekly, so to speak, uh, report on that as well and let you know how that's going on. Uh, he will be on with us every second day just to give us a little bit of an update uh, with Jane because I know a lot of people are very interested in this case and making sure that justice is done. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio, the multi-award winning Niall Boylan show.